Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. By the way, you can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app. It's free for your uh, iPhone and Android. Your questions for uh, Dr. Debbie or for Joey Volani. Uh, what are you talking about today, Joey? We're going to talk about um, how fleas can affect your dog's um, skin oh. um, after they after they get bitten. Flea, uh, what is that? Flea dermatitis. Flea, flea bite. Yeah, flea bite dermatitis um, is what it's it's what it's called, and it could be nasty yep. or it could be something that could be treated pretty um pretty easily if caught in time. Yep, one of our cats had that. Really, oh, really yeah. bad. Just a couple of flea bites, tail. but, but a, a steroid shot fixed that right on up yep, pretty fast. Uh, also, that pill that they're so controversial about. Comfortus. Uh, Comfortus. You know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of controversy with that. Is right. There's a lot of veterinarians that won't even prescribe it right now. Yeah. I guess you got to sort of weigh the risks mm-hmm. and the benefits in a particular situation. Like, I wouldn't give Nike Comfortis every month as flea prevention. Right. I or would... a cat that had, you know, health problems to begin with. Well, I guess it's like every other medication, you know, even for people where you wear. Basically, when you get that warning, you know, it could give you high blood pressure, stroke, this, yep. that, and the other thing. And, um, you know, a hundred people take it and that one person, you know, ends right. up getting it. So yeah. One person, four hours later, it's still there and they have to go to the hospital. Okay, what that's the wrong pill, Hal. That's a little blue that. pill. You know what? What Ambien? <laughs> Here's the stupid thing: they make Ambien blue and they make Viagra blue. Uh-oh. Don't get them confused. Whatever you do, okay? You're not supposed to take them by colors. Oh. Yeah, you just take no, both. No, Hal, no. Just take both. <laughs> it can really ruin an evening. Tammy, what are you working on in the newsroom? We're talking about geeps. Geeps? 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 What's a geep? Yes, geep. It, it, it actually is an animal. It is the combination of a goat and a sheep. It was an huh. accident. It was a surprise, and its name is Butterfly. So huh. we will talk about geeps. Butterfly the geep. That's all on the Butterfly way. Butterfly the geep. And let me tell you, as crazy a name as that is, she is the cutest darn thing on earth. When you're talking, I, I want her geeps. This is probably <laughs> the cutest geep you've ever seen. Absolutely, <laughs> the cutest geep on earth. Okay. Maybe the only geep on earth. More on the way right here. I, I'm going to stick around just for that. By the way, I'm glad you're tucked away in your little newsroom today. You sound like uh, maybe a little head cold. What's going on? You know what? Th- that that's long gone. That, that's like three days long gone. This is the aftermath. And seriously, this is the most sound I've been able to make in like five days. So it, it's a little raspy, I know, but I'm so proud of it. I noticed the rats in the corner. We have rats in our studios. They're coming out I'm now sorry. just when they hear your voice. I don't know what that's about. but hey, I Wait hope, a minute. I wait, wait a minute. Wait, you're going to get better. Just uh, pump that vitamin C in the, uh, the orange juice and you keep that door closed because I don't want to get that stuff, okay? I got no bugs. Let's see. Uh, oh, this is a cool story out of Oakland. There was a uh, truck accident. A truck spilled a shipment of tropical fruit all over the highways. Highway 580 uh, just outside of Oakland. 13,000 pounds of it. So what they do with it? They donated it to the zoo. Oh, wow. Oh, that is brilliant. Yeah. That That's is good. great instead of wasting it. Yeah, yeah, so throw it in the trash. Plantains and jackfruit. What's a jackfruit? I've never I seen a jackfruit. Know. Is that that's, that's oh. not the square one, is it? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's I think it's the that the it's green and it's like prickly, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh well they enjoyed thirteen thousand pounds of jackfruit and plantains. But you know what what's was a little more fascinating about that story is that uh, these animals had never seen this kind of fruit before and they hadn't tasted it before, so they were a little hesitant 
because it was odd. I guess they'd had normal fruit before, you know, regular fruit, but not this exotic tropical fruit. Okay, mm. I can tell you all about a jackfruit. Oh, you looked it up. She looked yes, it up. Yes, you bet I did. Connected it to is the native, internet. Absolutely. It is native to parts of the South and Southeast Asia. It's thought to have originated in the rainforests of India. And it looks like, it kind of looks like a pear. It's kind of light lime green and real prickly on the outside. You're right, Joey. And, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah I thought you, it was. Oh, gosh. Some of, oh my gosh, I'm looking at one that looks like it's about 12 inches. It's Some of them get huge. Holy they're, moly. Yeah, they're, they're not little. And when you open them up, it looks like they kind of have like orange slices in them. Wow. They're cool looking. Well, they got a, a, a tropical buffet is what yes, they got over there. Yes, a tropical treat. No kidding. Yes, they certainly did. Okay, let's go to the phones for you right now. Oh, by the way, Marty Becker's on the way. Did I mention that? Not yet. Now it's done. And let's head to Scylla. Is it a Scylla? Asela. Asela. Where Where are you from, Asela? I'm in Covina, California. Oh, okay. What's up? What's going on with your animal? I got the dream team here. Oh, am I on the radio? Shh, just between you and me and about... It's Dr. Debbie. You're just talking to me. We're just two friends having a conversation. Okay. Well, the reason that I called is that I don't have any pets right now. I used to have a little dog and a little cat, but I was kind of embarrassed. And But I called yesterday and they told me it was okay to call. I've been distressed because I have little neighborhood cats coming to my house, and they come to the north, south, east, west, all the borders of my yard. And the dear little cats just look at me, and they poop, and they pee, and they do things. Ooh. And the thing poop, and they uh, um, have bowel movements. I'm a nurse, registered nurse. They have bowel movements, and they urinate. And the thing is that it's causing me anxiety and distress because it's sure. a powerful smell, and it comes into my entire house, and you walk up to my house, and I don't know what to do. And so I felt like, well, I'm not calling about, like, how to feed them. Or I just want to know this question. I didn't know if it was okay to ask this question on your show. Sure. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's a rational question because, uh, you know, not everybody shares the love of cats being outdoors. Uh, well, now, well, do you, I, lo- do you- I love cats, dogs, horses. I love the reindeer question you had yesterday. But I just wanted to know, since you're the expert, if there's something I can do that's kind and not cruel. To help them kind of like realize that they shouldn't, but they're animals, you know, so I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. Nobody wants poop in their, in the garden. So, so let me ask you this. You said you don't have cats. Do you have any pets? None at all? And have none, you ever? None. Now I, I used to have a little dog and I used to have a little cat, but my cat in the news in heaven, but I don't have any pets. I've had several dogs and they kind of no longer okay. here. A pit bull, a cow, and a little fluffy dog that was just a little cute fluffy dog. Okay. Well, and I think... I think the way that you're approaching this is very, very kind because definitely, you know, we, we love cats and I love cats all over the place, but I don't always want them urinating and defecating close to my living quarters. So I think that there are very good ways that we can do to keep these kitties away and to encourage them to go somewhere else to do their, to do their business. Now, one of the simplest things that I will use that's very natural is I'll start to uh, spritz um, uh, citrus oils or even just take um, lemon rinds, uh, orange rinds, and you can actually put those in the garden areas and the corners of your house. Um, in general, lemon in my cooking, okay, lemon rinds and orange. Yeah, so in general, citrus scents are offensive to cats, and they and they don't like to kind of hang out in those areas. So that's something you can do, and it's not going to harm them. 
Um, now, the other things, and depending on the weather, what you can ar- um, arrange, there are some very good products that are motion-activated deterrents that are kind to the critters, but will help to keep... their ears where it's piercing their eardrums. You know what I mean? Uh, n- not really the sound ones. Those don't really have much value. The things that will work are going to be more physical deterrents. So there's motion-activated uh, sprinklers that, if it's not cold out, you can definitely use those where once they break the uh, the eye of the beam, the sprinkler goes off. And, you know, cats aren't really hip at getting squirted with water. So, And that's the value is that once there's movement in the animals in the area, they get the negative aversion. So it's not something where, you know, I've had people say, oh, I'm going to have a squirt gun and squirt those cats away you just it's not reasonable you can't do that um, there also are the same type and variety of motion activated deterrents and they'll they'll um, express a, a some of the canned air some of that pss, pss kind of sound and that works to deter cats as well um, so you just might need to go online or, or check out your um, local pet store to see if they have those products but they okay. can be helpful um, and then the other thing that uh, you know taking a hand from um, folks that hunt is that you can get predator urine so things like coyote urine or mountain lion urine and you can get those extracts that you know they use for However, their hunting well, those- Will those also be like overwhelming and then defeat the purpose? Well, it depends on what overwhelming is. If it if the presence right. of a little bit of it um, helps so, to deter those so cats, and if right. they're polluting it more, is like the whole house, my whole house smells, and it's because it's everywhere. It's like I don't know why oh. they decided to come here. Is there a reason why they decided to come here? Well, usually they'll, they'll either seek out um, whether you. And that's why I was asking if you had animals recently, because if there were no. cats in the home recently, that might still be no. an attraction. It seems like all um, the neighborhood cats like to come here because I see different colored ones. Yeah, and then <laughs> and they walk feeding... along the fence and they just look at me and they go like, "Okay, hello." <laughs> So you might just be in the hotbed of um, your neighbors, and that might be the other thing, is just to have a communication with your neighbors and, and let them know what's going on and that your concerns and, um, you know, that you recognize, you know, you don't want this in your yard and, and certainly the health implications if you're out gardening um, with fecal matter in your garden. I think, I, think, I think they're trying to tell me something, honestly, because you know how they communicate and all animals communicate, and I'm thinking there must, maybe there's another message, honest. There must be... Other than then just going to the bathroom, there must be some other message. You think they want your house, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there's another message. So after talking to you, now I really get it. Well, good. Uh, Hopefully that helps. Yes, it does help a lot, tremendously. And when you said the lemon rinds and the orange rinds, and then you said citrus oils, what did you mean by citrus oils? Because some things are poisonous. So what did you mean by citrus oil? Right. Well, you can just do something as simple as taking, um, you know, some lemon juice. Um, there are essential oils that you can use in diluted form, and you oh, can use okay. those as well. Um, so, yeah, th- those kind of things. Deb- Dr. Okay. Debbie, don't they also hate citronella oil? Yeah, and citronella's kind of got that kind of pungent odor. Um, you know, I will say yeah. that I-, I-, I probably haven't alone with citronella. I haven't had the most efficacy with that, and especially with dogs. I don't know about you, but I don't always find those to be a real great deterrent. Okay, well, I want to thank all of you, and I listen to your show, and I love it. Well, thank and you very I, much. We I appreciate it. Thank you for the love that you have for the animals. It is so fascinating, the variety of topics that come up on your show. We have a lot of fun, and it, yes, it takes listeners it like, like yours. It. It's contagious and it, fun. You can feel it over the air. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is contagious. Well, thanks for your call. 
Okay. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good day, all of you. You too. All right? Bye now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow if you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free installation as soon as tomorrow. But you gotta call All American Dish right now. 800-380-4452-800-380-4452-800-380-4452. That's 800-380-4452. Animal Radio. You can ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio app for your iPhone and Android and BlackBerry. Uh, download that now. It's free. Plus, you can uh, listen to the uh, you know past shows. You, did he really say that? Well, you can listen back and said, yeah, he really said that. Uh, Bob Barker last week. Yeah, if you wanted to hear what he said, you missed it. Mm-hmm. Listen on the Animal Radio app. It's a free download. I just want to hear him. Yeah. He's cool. He's a great guy. Man, does he love the animals. He, he His whole life has been dedicated to animals. It's great. It has been, yes. What are you working on in the newsroom there? Oh, boy. We are going to talk about something very controversial to cat owners, and that is declawing cats. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's yeah, my I like reaction, that. too. Anybody says declawing, and I'm immediately like, ugh. But the American Veterinary Medical Association has amended its policy, and maybe, I don't know, personal opinion here maybe they didn't go far enough on this amending but we'll talk about it and see where they stand on this whole issue now yeah okay well i remember as a child having a cat that was declawed because we didn't know that this was not the right thing to do to cats and that it would actually cause more problems which it did that's the thing people think it's just gosh it sounds terrible enough just taking the nail out but that is not the truth it's actually amputating the very first digit of the cat's toes and my husband, Randy, when we got together, had a cat that was declawed. And my first thing was to lecture him so severely about having had it done. And he, he like you, he had no idea what he'd actually done and the problems it could cause down the road. Yes. They need to be able to scratch like that. What were you going to say, Joey? Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, the veterinarians, uh, in a lot of cases, don't don't say anything. They just they just exactly. go and, and they end up doing it. I mean, some do, but in a lot of cases, because I know a few people that had their cats declawed and they had no clue of what you know mm-hmm. the trauma that was going to you know put mm-hmm. this cat through until after it was done, and they, and they realized it. They said if they would have known ahead of time the procedure that happens, um, that they probably would have never had it done. Well, oh. there's some vets that you know they they have the special you know get a neuter and a declaw oh. mm-hmm. right off the bat, and those are featured in the website declawhallofshame.com check that out oh 
Wow, I'm glad. And there's alternatives. No you guys know that, right? Yeah. Oh, there's tons I mean, of alternatives. They, they, they make caps that actually go over the nails. Mm -hmm. um, it's soft put on paws. with a little applicator. Yeah, soft paws, exactly. And, and they um, come in you designer know, they're, colors. They're, yeah, but exactly. They're cool looking. And depending on how active the cat is, they'll stay on it for a month or longer. Yeah, you know what? As I get clawed right now from <laughs> a cat that's you, isn't she? me, uh, I couldn't put those little claw paws things on those caps those little colorful i'm sorry i want you you guys already dressed your dogs up now you're going to be putting these little things on the cats oh it doesn't but harm them. here's my thought if you're going to have a cat you just got to get used to the fact that's the life with the is cat. the life of a cat they yes. like to claw and if you can redirect it towards a scratching post or something all the better at a young age but, but not only that when you remove the nails you remove their way of defending themselves and they can start right. biting or they withdraw because they can't defend and themselves and sometimes they stop using the litter because it hurts they 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 lost mm -hmm. their first knuckle and they can't dig and also no. grooming they use their claws in their grooming mm -hmm. you know the city of west hollywood a number of years ago banned declawing no veterinarian no anybody in the city of west hollywood in southern california can do declawing it is illegal in that city that's how serious they are about it what well, it should the be country so should that, that's pretty cool suit. Yes. Something that Hal said, which is funny, is, um, you know, people that get cats, you just understand it. Well, that's no different than people who get dogs and say, my dog is shedding. I mean, what right. do you expect? Yeah. Right. This goes with pet ownership. And I don't know, who's a cat, what is a cat owner without a few scratch marks, right? <laughs> it's like that's a badge right. of honor. Exactly. It says to the world, I have a cat. Well, it's just like having kids. You're not going to have anything nice in your house. You can't. You can't. Yeah, because for 18 years. Tear, same way with animals. Yes. Perpetual kid for 18 years. This yeah. is, but we love it, don't we? Hey, what you get back is way more important than a cool couch. Ain't that right? Oh, you're my baby girl. Yeah, as you look at my my reclining chair has a. It shows the stuffing in the middle where my dog digs to China in it. So she's dug a hole in my chair. That's a fairly new chair, and I got this hole that shows all the foam padding right in the middle. You mean she's not well behaved? I mean, you There's are the animal radio co-host. No, this is this is just her outlet. Her outlet. She customizes yeah. the furniture. Sure. She Come was on. she was making a uh, you know how the dogs den. dig and make a, a den. den. Yeah. So for, she, she's, for you. Yes. Yes. For you she made down. a den. Yes. She made a den. Sign of love. She's a giver. <laughs> she is a giver. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, very cool thing I want to tell you about on, on this installment of Party Animal with your host, Vinny Penn. That's me. Yeah, I'm sure you animal lovers out there are well aware of this. But for those of you who aren't, I, I'm very excited to bring this to your attention. My sister and her children were visiting for the past two weeks, and they put their new dog, Ringo, in a video kennel. And they were able to log on every day and check on Ringo. Uh, the, the camera was aimed right at me. I heard my nephews, Ricky and Jay, what? The Ringo's sleeping, Ma. Look at Ringo sleeping. I mean, this is great for all of those people out there who still have a little bit of paranoia when it comes to, uh, you know, leaving the peppy. I, you know, all you do is have the kennel owner's words when you go back. I mean, the fact of the matter is uh, kennels are, are fantastic. There's more than enough loving kennels out there. But every once in a while, you know, you hear your horror stories. There wouldn't be 2020 or primetime live without those kinds of horror stories. But it was great now. There was so much peace of mind. The boys were worried about the, the, the Ringo every day. And to be able to tune in in the morning and watch him in action, watch him chasing a ball 
uh, was great. I mean, every day they started off in a great mood, except for the day I had to explain to them what dry humping was and why Ringo was behaving in that manner. But uh, my sister Julie says they're going to resolve that issue as soon as they get home. Um, uh, but nonetheless, it, what a beautiful thing to be able to tune in and see them playing and log in. And uh, they live out in Nevada, out in Las Vegas. So you'd think the boys would know about dry humping already, especially Ricky. He's 12 uh, and living in Vegas. Vinnie Penn, Party Animal on Animal Radio. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity. This is an Animal Radio News Update. And I'm Tammy Trujillo. So do you get kisses from your dog or your cat? Well, who doesn't? Maybe, though, it's not such a great idea. Dr. Ira Roth of the University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine says dogs in particular carry some pretty nasty germs in their mouths. The risk of getting sick from close contact with your pet is pretty low if you're healthy. But if you have a chronic health condition or a suppressed immune system, sharing germs might not be safe for you at all. Roth says symptoms can be pretty nasty, stomach cramps, diarrhea, vomiting, that sort of thing. So what do you get when you cross a goat and a sheep? A geep. (laughs) Really. There is one. Her name is Butterfly, and she's the product of a pygmy goat and a sheep. And she was born a couple weeks ago at the My Petting Zoo in Scottsdale, Arizona. Nobody at the zoo even knew that the mother sheep was pregnant. Butterfly actually appears to be the first of her kind. She was named Butterfly because of her various black spots. She has the feet and the face of her goat father, but the fuzzy wool and the longer tail of her sheep mama. Now, it kind of sounds weird here, but she is absolutely adorable. And they say she acts more like a goat than a sheep. Well, years ago, I inherited an absolutely gorgeous fur cape from my mom. I wouldn't wear it. I don't wear fur. But I didn't want to discard it either. And apparently there's a lot of other people who have had similar dilemmas. Now a national organization called Born Free USA has come up with a pretty fantastic idea. Recently, it collected unwanted furs and sent them to wildlife rehab centers in Texas, California, and Missouri, where they were cut up into small pieces and used for orphaned babies and injured animals to snuggle in. Sounds like a pretty good use. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. I'm looking back at all the heroes we've had since we started this segment. Just some amazing people. Bob Barker last week, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, Cornelius Austin, mm-hmm. uh, Dorothy Hunter, who uh, ate the dog food for 30 days, all these people. And there's one thing that's in common. They're all helping the animals, doing something, going above and beyond for the animals or animal. 
And I'll say that because you could be helping one animal or you could be helping hundreds of animals. We want to know about you. Someone, please have someone nominate you if you're doing this. If you uh, know somebody that's doing something above and beyond, nominate them by sending an email to your voice at animalradio.com. Judy goes through those emails and she's looking for heroes every week. Now, is it easy to find heroes? Honestly. You know, know, I know they're out there, but I just can't track them down. I know there's a lot of people out there. I just need to hear about more. You always hear about bad things in the news. I want to hear about the good things. And that's what this is all about. Yes. And you hear about the hero dogs and the hero animals. This is the hero people, the people that are doing things for our animals. Yeah, and they're not doing it for the recognition, so we don't hear about them. And this week's Hero of the Week is Sylvie Bordeaux. Bordeaux, I assume, is that correct? Yes, it is. Hi. It is French, is it not? It's French, yes. I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Well, now, you have invented something that's kind of... I'm going to let you explain it, because it's hard to explain. You've invented something for blind dogs, is that correct? I certainly did. Um, I have a 14-year-old toy poodle named Muffin, he went blind a couple years ago due to cataracts, and he was very depressed. Uh, he was bumping into walls, and I was very distressed about it. Sure. And people were telling me, you may have to think about putting him down, and that was just not an option for me. I, I was really um, determined to find some sort of solution for him, so I had a couple of ideas. I hired sewers. Uh, you, you hired what? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. You hired what? Sewers. 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 People to sew things. Oh, sewers. Seamstress. Okay, seamstress. seamstress. Sewers. Okay. Um, contractors, you know, because I, I was working with piping, I was working with wire, I was working with cushions, grommets, there was a whole bunch of materials. What were you trying to invent? I wanted to invent a halo, like a walking stick, like a headgear protection, like a bumper. Oh. So that he can navigate and walk around, but there'd be something that would alert him, so that it would redirect him. I'm happy to tell you successfully I've I've made that happen. So I have two patents now, and my uh, product, Muffin Halo, is on the market. That is what it, absolutely fabulous. Isn't that ingenious? Thank you. That so really is. is. It's a three-piece item. You put on the harness, and it makes them feel very cuddled because blind dogs have a lot of anxiety. They feel very insecure because they're bumping everywhere. And some dogs go blind suddenly. Some of them, it's a gradual. Everyone has a different experience. But either way, what they do have in common when faced with blindness is anxiety, depression, very unsure of themselves, very scared, very timid. And um, so with the harness, it makes them feel very cuddled. And then I have a design of angel wings that sits on their neck, okay? So you put the angel wing on the neck, and there's already a halo attached to the angel wings. <laughs> And there's a little cushion in the angel wing, so they feel cuddled. They can sleep with it. It doesn't interfere with any of their daily activities. And then their halo guides them. So the minute the halo taps a hard surface, it alerts the wings that sit on the neck, and they just automatically get the, re- the redirected. It's really incredible to watch because now they're blessed blind dogs. My thing is to make blind dogs trendy and get them the attention. And th- so many of them, unfortunately, are dropped off at shelters, and they're number one to kill list. Can you imagine a dog being with a family for 14, 15 years and then all of a sudden dealing with blindness in a cold shelter? Oh, that's heartless. That would be so wrong. It, it's yes. unnecessary, okay? And I and maybe the families are misinformed. Maybe they're scared. They're thinking, oh, the only way to correct is a $6,000 surgery that they can't afford. Well, today, there's the halo available for the muscle halo. That's all they need. And their do- it's a second chance for blind dogs. And they strive with it. I have thousands of them on all over the world right now. I'm global. 
No, are they just for small dogs, or do you make no, all sizes? For all, I make them for every size dog. I even have miniature horses that are asking me to make them and for cats. I'm becoming Noah's Ark. Wow. wow. How many have you made so far? Thousands. And, and the website, secondchanceforblinddogs.org, what's over there? Okay, well, I want to share my story real quick. Please, so take your time. Jason went blind, okay? There was one day he fell down the stairs. I was very concerned. So I took him to a vet. So I want to make sure it was that he didn't hurt himself internally because he's a little guy. He's only six pounds, seven pounds. So in the course of that, I was working on my prototype. We discovered he had a mass. I was very concerned, so I took, I took him to an internist. This internist did, was really pushing me to do exploratory surgery. And I, I, I did not want to do that, especially in Muffins. You know, he was only like 11, 12 at the time. I, didn't, I don't want to risk his life on, on hemorrhaging to death. So I, he told me he could do an aspiration of tissue, which is a very simple procedure. And he says it's 80% accuracy. And I said, you know, that's good enough for me. So they did an aspiration of tissue, took five minutes, it was very simple, and it was benign. So I said, okay, as long as it's benign, I feel all right about that. Mm-hmm. So then I changed his whole foods, I supplements, et cetera, et cetera. A month later, he was doing really, really well, and I decided to go get it checked one more time. And this particular internist was really trying to push me for the surgery again. Took Muffin in the back, comes back to me, he's white as a sheet, and says, something horribly went wrong. I said, what do you mean? I said, my dog's healthy. He's great. And he says, unfortunately, I lacerated him by mistake. And he's on the table bleeding to death. And we have to do immediate blood transfusion. And and I need you to brace yourself for the worst. Because if I lacerated his main artery, there's no way he's going to survive. So I was devastated to say the least. And my first prototype was coming the very next day. Okay, so I went in the back and Muffin's fighting for his life. He's on oxygen and I I could barely stand. I can't even believe this is all happening. So I said to him, I said, please, please fight. I said, I know you've been having a rough time with the blindness, but mommy has something coming and it's coming tomorrow and fight because we're going to be advocates for blind dogs. It's going to be your legacy. Okay, your life is not going to be in vain. I need you to fight. We're going to make this happen. So I went home, and I, I gathered all his belongings, and I prayed all night, and I said, God, just please give me a second chance, and I will devote myself to blind dogs. I will figure it out. I'll make it happen. Just please, please just give us a second chance. So that's why I named my nonprofit Second Chances for Blind Dogs, because I'm lucky now that I... After, you know, quite some time and then getting patents and all of that, I've got the product. I've got it down. I've got it for all big sizes. It's working. It's giving all these blind dogs at least some life. But there's a lot of them that are in shelters and rescues. And my dream is I want to be able to get Muffin's Halo to all these dogs in shelters and rescues to help them navigate into their forever homes. That's all they need. I want to take the stigma of blindness away because when people see them and then all of a sudden they see them with little angel wings on and you see them navigating, <laughs> you're going to want to take them home. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. rooting for the little underdogs. Adorable. And so that's why I'm trying to raise funds for my nonprofit, Second Chances for Blind Dogs, this way. That's what I can do with my halos as well. And I see you're also coming out with different designer ones. You've got some quarterback ones. Because the quarterback's the star. He's the popular player in football. But, you know, he's got his blind side covered. He's got his linebackers. He's the quarterback. He's got, so <laughs> my thing is, Muffin's halo. We, we've got your blind side covered. Aww. Sylvia, I want you to go over to him right now and give him a big old hug from all of us here at Animal oh, Radio. And, and thank you so much for what you've done. I encourage listeners to check out your website. Two of them. I've got MuffinsHalo.com and SecondChancesForBlindDogs.org. 
We'll put both of those links over at AnimalRadio.com. Sylvia, our hero of the week, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much for helping me spread the word. I appreciate it. Keep up the good work now, okay? I promise you. That, That was my favorite hero story, I think. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 877-247-1584. Live at the Red Barn Studios, you're listening to Animal Radio. Here's Hal and Judy. And uh, let's head to line four where we have Robert for Joey. Hey, Robert, how are you doing? All right, you? Good, what's going on? I've got a uh, little female chihuahua cross. She's probably about six years old, about 10 to 13 pounds. When I go to clip her toenails, she goes bananas. <laughs> and yep. what I have to do currently is wait till I catch her asleep, and then I <laughs> might get to clip one or two toenails, and after that, we're done. I mean, she won't let me do it. I, I I need to get them clipped. They're getting bad, and I I just don't know how don't know how to handle it. Well, you got the piranha of all little dogs. Um, you know when Chihuahuas come into the salon, I have to tell you sometimes we cringe to cut their nails. So this isn't this definitely is not an easy task. But let me ask you a question: Did you ever try doing it with two people? Yes, she will claw me to death. I've tried to hold her and get my wife to to do the clipping and and vice versa, and she doesn't bite. She just, she will tuck those little feet up under her, and and she she wants me to hold her, and she will, she'll tuck those feet up under her and fight you to, you're just not going to clip them. I can picture it. I definitely can picture it. Now, to see the advantage that we have as groomers is we have a um, you know grooming table with um with the with a safety loop, um, so it makes it easier. But what you can do is try this: take a towel and wrap your dog in a towel, only exposing the leg that needs to be cut at that time. So what it's going to do, it's going to immobilize. And you gotta, you're gotta, you going to have to make it a little bit tight, but not too tight where it's uncomfortable, but tight enough where she's not going to claw you up. And the good thing about it is, is she doesn't bite. So because she doesn't bite, that actually you don't have to worry about the mouth. And what I would do is I'd wrap her in a towel, expose that, cut those nails, and you know what? The important thing is, in a situation like this, because you have a dog that's really, really nervous about having their nails cut to begin with, I wouldn't cut too much off at, at a time. I wouldn't. I don't want to um, make the dog bleed. Now, even if the dog bleeds, you know what? It's an old wives' tale. They're not going to bleed to death. It will make a mess, but sometimes it could traumatize your dog because it is a pinch, and it's you know they're going to feel it. So what I would do is I would do it more often. The other thing about doing it more often is your dog will finally 
get used to it. Maybe after, you know, 5, 10, 15 years, um, they'll get used to it. No, just joking. They'll get used to it um, <laughs> um, probably within, with, within the first first few times knowing that you're not going to hurt them. Um, and by immobilizing them, it also makes them a little bit more comfortable because when they feel like that you're in control, they're not as nervous. When they don't feel like you're in control and you're trying to do something they don't like, they're going to fight even harder. So that's what I would do. And I definitely recommend cutting over grinding in a situation like this because it's quicker. Grinding takes a little bit longer, and the sound of the grinder sometimes will spook the dog. So what I would do is I would just take a little off. I would try to do it once a week, wrap your dog in a towel, and each leg as you're done, put that leg in the towel, pull out the other one, okay? And hopefully that will help you. Got it, got it. I want to beat, uh, I want to beat my own drums right quick. Uh, I'm a truck driver. I don't know if you know of this. You probably do, but uh, there are... Uh, dog rescue places out here that use truck drivers to transport dogs to a new home. If someone adopts a dog out of state and they know that particular truck driver is going through that town to pick and pick that dog up going to the to the to point B. Uh, we do there's truckers out here that do that. I happen to be one of them. And uh, that's great. people could check with people could check with their own uh, uh, local dog pound or adoption agency and see if that they have truckers that do that it's free we don't charge nothing we just we do it to help dogs i that's great you know what's funny about that is 11 years ago that's how i got one of my karen terriers through karen terrier rescue the dog came up from south carolina and i had to meet them at the vince lombardi truck stop on the new jersey <laughs> turnpike and um I believe any, any, Yep, he, he came. He came in a semi, and um, uh, it was it was great. It was great. It's good to have people like you out there. Thank you. Uh, again, I'll try the towel trick. I had heard of that. I just I just hadn't done it. Uh, being a softy, you know, I, she starts her little acting up. I just quit, you know, until I wait till she goes to sleep or something. What about using Benadryl to calm her down? Hmm. Benadryl doesn't have the effect that it does on us, on, on dogs. Um, it's funny because um, and it, it, it's something else that I, I know a lot about because Benadryl actually helps um, keep mast cell tumors on dogs at bay. So I have, I have a dog that had a problem, and we give him three Benadryl a day, and he's about 22 pounds and something like that because that would knock me out completely, and it doesn't knock him out at all. Matter of fact, it doesn't, it doesn't even show any effect on him. And when I asked my veterinarian, my veterinarian said that they just don't have the same effect to it that we do. So you know what? I, I, I wouldn't um, because I don't think that it's really going to help. Okay. All right, I'll do the towel trick then. You got it. Good luck with that, Robert. And thanks for what you do. I think we talked to Judy. Did we talk to a yeah? There's group? an organization. Do you belong to an organization that does this with trucking dogs? Yes. What is it called? Yes, uh, I have a uh, I have a distant relative that lives in Dallas, Texas, and when I'm going through Dallas, I'll call her and say, "Look, I'm going to point A, point B, point C, and you've got something going that direction." You know, I've even relayed dogs off on other drivers. But is there an organization that you belong to? Uh, not no? exactly, but there is organizations out there specifically designed. Truckers transport pets or, or something along that line. And we spoke to someone. Uh, Operation of yeah. something. I don't remember what it was called. Back, back a few yeah. years ago, we spoke to someone yeah. that was... Uh, 
working with that. Well, you're doing good work. Thanks for keeping America moving. We appreciate it. It's Animal Radio. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog father, Joey Volani, all for you right now. You lucky dog. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. Celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Mm, and another big one in store for you today. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, TV critic from the Boston Globe, Matt Gilbert. Very funny guy. And uh, he hated dogs until... He was afraid of them. Was he? Yeah. I was when I was a kid. I was afraid of dogs. There was one big bad dog in the neighborhood and I would run home from school hoping never to encounter that dog. Oh, see, I went right up to him. I got bit on the lip, and I, it didn't stop me. I kept going up to every stray <laughs> dog. And, then, yeah. and you still do. I still do. <laughs> yeah. didn't, didn't deter me. Let's answer your questions for Dr. Debbie or dog father Joey Villani. Where are you calling from, Lee? I am calling from Torrance, California. Oh, okay. Well, what's going on today? Okay, Hi there. so what I want to ask is I'm kind of active in my community, and I keep my yard clean. But my neighbors, they have the problem with fleas that is astronomical. And mm-hmm. In fact, one of the puppies died, and it had so many fleas on it. Mm-hmm. I had never experienced anything like that before. And um, what I'd like to know is how can I help them get rid of the fleas that are in their yard? We call the professional exterminator, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, it didn't work. It did not work. What can we do to get the bugs, the fleas out of the dirt? Okay, well, the thing is to remember is that as long as there's anything warm-blooded going by in the environment, you've got a food source for fleas. So it's it's a bit unrealistic to say we're going to get rid of all the fleas outside because you are in an area where fleas exist. They're, they're naturally out in the environment. Um, humidity, moisture, vibration, all those things help to stimulate the um, development um, of the different life cycles of the fleas. So for me, I would say the, the focus is really to make sure that we're effectively treating the pets and that the indoor environment, what we can control. Now, uh, you know, a, a professional exterminator can do um, some help outdoors, but we definitely need to make sure that the animals in the house are fully treated because they're the, mostly the food source. Okay. Um, now, um, what do you say about the fleas? Um, I have never experienced a flea like this that has a, a sticky type substance that's black and when you when I left to go help my neighbor, when I come back four hours later, there's this sticky substance on my Maltese's head in three different places, and she has scratched and itched that until it was slightly bloody. It was mm. red, mm-hmm. and I'm going. I was going to take it to the vet anyway. But anyway, what I want to know what what is, kind of flea is that? What is that? And when I'm combing that flea, it will not come off with a flea comb. Ooh. I have to hmm. use a, a, a pair of tweezers to pull that Super actual flea. flea out. 
Mm, that's, I mean, that sounds a little interesting. I don't know. I would probably want to get a look at it um, just so that we can see because mostly fleas have an appearance. They're kind of either reddish to brownish. Um, they actually kind of almost have a flat appearance to them. Right, right. Um, the ones that are not pregnant do, and mm-hmm. then they're black. And then when they get that pregnant bulb on the back of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they definitely, they get it they, after they have brownish, their blood meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a brownish, tannish bulb on the back of them. Yeah, so I'm not really sure about the sticky part of things other than just, you know, as a, a flea is feeding, it does incite inflammation. And, you know, if the dog is scratching and itching, there's going to be a response from that. Um, so you can get flea allergy dermatitis, which is, you know, the body's reaction in certain pets where they're just super allergic to even the bite of one single flea. And it'll drive them bonkers. So we can actually get, um, you know, some serum that can ooze from the skin if they're digging and scratching long enough. So I, I'm not sure. I'd probably, you know, I'd have to kind of see that doggy and to see what specifics um, is going on there. But most in, in most cases of uh, dog and cat fleas are actually caused by the cat flea. Um, so that's the majority oh, of the population. I have a so, cat that um, I try to help by keeping a bowl in the front. Mm-hmm. That's going to be definitely a, um, you know, a, a source um, for fleas. Any kind of, not just cats, but even wildlife, raccoons, we, possums. We have, we have that problem. I'm confused. I question. You just said the cat flea. You mean there's different fleas? Yeah. Technically, there, there's what they call the cat flea and the dog flea. Wow. Um, yeah, but uh, 99.9% of the cases of fleas on either a dog or a cat are actually technically the cat flea. Is that a light brown flea that doesn't seem to have much of a shell? That's kind of like what I just described, the reddish to brownish um, okay. color. But, you know, I, I will say that there's, om- I think there's like almost 2,000 different flea species you. across the world. Wow. So just in our area, you know, the cat flea tends to be the number one culprit that we're talking about. Okay. But, okay. yeah, so we touched upon, so if there's, you know, wildlife vectors or stray cats in the area, they're going to be running through. And they're, you know, that's what I'm saying. You can't treat the yard and think you're going to get control of things. We're going to need to make sure we treat the pet and, if possible, try to kind of maintain some of the um, the wildlife population outside of the areas. Now, I'm assuming the lady has um, dogs or cats or both? Uh, she has three dogs and one next door. Mm-hmm. She had gotten the Triforis, you know, the pill that you take. And what yep. do you think about that pill? You know, that can be very helpful, the, the Trifexis, and it has, uh, it's a good product. It has both um, what kills uh, an adulticide, so it kills the adult fleas, and then it also has kind of a, uh, what we call a flea sterilizer, so it helps to kill those immature forms as mm. well. So that is a good thing, and with any product, um, we do need to use them consistently, and I don't really expect a quick uh, turnover in a household. So this can take months of really diligent, effective control. In many cases, we will actually combine different types of medications with veterinary okay. um, supervision. So that might be the other thing. So um, Trifexis is a, um, a topical. There are some oral medicines that can right, help to the, kill. The brown pill. Uh huh. Probably the Capstar. So, and those are very effective for a very quick kill. And you, you know, the adult fleas will just kind of go popping off the, the animal within about. The way that product works. It's a great product, but rec- recognize that that's only we're killing with that medicine. We're only taking care of five percent of all the fleas that are 
potentially in the environment. So all those other forms are in the home environment. So they lay eggs that go on to becoming a pupa, uh, I'm sorry, a larva and then a pupa. So and if I'm having trouble with managing um, a household and we're feeling like we're doing everything we can possibly to control fleas, sometimes after a few months I'll switch products because there is some concern that we can have resistance um, yeah. to products. So that's yeah. one way that we can help to kind of combat uh, hard-to-kill flea populations and try right, to... Right, because the advantage was working at first and then it's not working. Yeah, we had the same it's thing with the front line. line. That's not working. Yeah. Exactly. You do have to change your product. Yeah, now, and then also the the other things in the house. So the things, making sure that we are vacuuming, laundering the pet areas, the bedding, uh, carpets. Um, you can't. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. So What's how that? often do you think that I have to uh, like move the furniture and really get that spring cleaning every three months? Well, technically, ev vacuuming every 48 hours is most important. Well, yeah, for I, I know what mm -hmm. you mean about the vacuuming, but sometimes you have to do like more diligent vacuuming. I mean, just vacuum, you know, how you vacuum. Then you got to yeah. move the couch, move the bed. Oh, well, heck, man, you're going to come over to my house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am busy at my house. <laughs> you're, you're doing a deeper kind of level of cleaning than I'm probably going to do for fleas. But That's you know, the big thing I'm is... talking about because, you yeah. know, right there by the dresser edge, do I have to worry about that? You know how the little dust gets there, you try to vacuum that out. Where are they in my house? Where you know, are they? Most most of the cases, fleas are hanging out, waiting for a food source to go by. So it's not in their best it's not in their interest to go hiding out in corners. They're going to be out on the carpeted areas, the places where the animals frequent. So that's why we really want to focus on laundering their bedding, vacuuming where the pets lie. Um, and we know that vacuuming it can actually pick up and clean um, a lot of these larvae and um, eggs from the environment. Thirty percent of the larvae in the carpet will get picked up with vacuuming. That means seventy percent is still going to be there, even if if you're a great vacuumer. Right, um, so, right. You know, and I also so, want to mention that as soon as you vacuum, you need to get that out of the house. Go dump it outside. Don't let it sit there inside. I do that. Mm -hmm. I do that. I just, let me ask you this. A cotton blanket that's quilted adverse to just a plain one-layer blanket. What's your idea on that? No difference. Yeah. No difference. You don't yeah. think so? Not at all. So it's not really, that's not what they live off of. They live off of the animals and the animal um, products. So um, they're just going to hang out wherever the, they sit. And um, once they feel the vibration of an animal going nearby, mm -hmm. that actually stimulates them to go into their next maturation phase. And then they're going to come out and they're going to be adult fleas. Right. So, um, yeah, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, bedding you have. Or, you know, some people may find that having a tile or a um, wood floor is easier to vacuum and to manage. Um. <laughs> I did, I did, and did my floor, and I'm a renter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Concrete. If you have concrete furniture and concrete, <laughs> that takes care of the uh, a lot of problems that you have with animals. Yes, yes, okay. So I have just been through it now. Fleas as a verse to uh, mites, and mm -hmm. you find a lot of uh, beds, they don't know about mites that much. What do you say about mites? Well, mites are, I'd rather debt. I'd rather battle mites than I would fleas because um, mites are usually more exclusive to the pet, whereas fleas are going to take over the environment and they can be even a risk to, you know, um, people, you know, people in homes with heavy flea infestations will get oh, bit by those. Some bad. mites, there's there's mites that are that don't spread from dog to human, and then there are some that, that can, but uh, I'd definitely much rather deal with mites. Right, the scarcoptic mite and all that type, see, because I have mm -hmm. a lot of pit bulls. 
Mm-hmm. So I yeah. did. And in my life, I have. And um, like the one that I have now has an allergy so severe that I don't know what to do about it. Okay, I don't know if it's the food that he's eating, but certain times of the day, all around his eyes turn red, his mouth, his nose, and then mm-hmm. on his belly at times turns an, an absolute red, and these big welts break mm. out. So oh, he's, he's me getting high. dollars for a shot oh, yeah. of cortisone. Okay? Yeah. That only yeah. lasts for 36 to 48 hours, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are, and that's a great point to mention. It's kind of a different whole topic than what we're getting into here, but um, pit bulls in particular can be a breed. We do see hives that can happen sometimes from food allergies, seasonal allergies. Sometimes there's not even a known trigger and they'll break out in hives all over their body. And we call that idiopathic urticaria. So um, it's it's kind of challenging. So um, I sense your frustration. It is a tough thing, but you want to make sure you are treating for fleas effectively. And if you've had uh, mange problems in the Past, make sure you're tackling that as best as you can, and hopefully that'll help with some of that itch. And hey, Lee, thank you so much for your call today. I've had so much fun talking with you. I did too. I enjoyed it, and thank you for your time. Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog Ladybug uses the Brilliant Pad Self Cleaning Puppy Pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com. Hi, this is Doug Gray of the Marshall Tucker Band. And forever, you'll always be listening to Animal Radio. Keep loving those pets. This is Animal Radio, baby. You know, the conversation we were having on Facebook this last week was about whether or not your dog or cat or iguana, whatever it is, do they sleep in the bed with you? Because 20 years ago, the dog was out back in a kennel. Yeah, they weren't even in the house. Now they're in the house, they're family members, and in my situation, I have cats all around me at night. In fact, I blame all of my back troubles on... (laughs) The cats. Be- I know. You won't move them, do you? You have to move for them. Joey, you were talking about that a couple it's, weeks ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And because I'm a groomer. I'm not a trainer. I'll, I'll never say that I am. And we have the four Karen Terriers that sleep in a um, king-size bed with my wife, and I'm not allowed to get into the bed. They, they basically attack you. Remember Jin Jin on oh. Genie? Think of Jin Jin, okay, but four times, and um, just you know tearing you up because you're getting in the bed so i sleep in the other room yeah i would put an end to that what is your wife she she doesn't mind does she okay with that no she wants me in the other room what are you kidding me (laughs) she's probably trained it's it's, most of the time it ain't too bad being in the other room so let's hit the phones 1-866-405-8405 do your pets sleep with you we go to sugar hey sugar is sugar your real name it is i love that i bet you're a sweet gal too (laughs) Well, yeah. it, that may be debatable. We'll have to ask my <laughs> husband that one. <laughs> do you let your animals sleep in bed with you? Yes, I do. Uh-oh. What kind of animals I do you do. have? I do. I have two pugs, and uh, my younger one, who is nine years old, has slept in my arms Aww. from the time she was six weeks old. In Aww. your arms every night? In my night? arms, and that's how she goes to sleep. She crawls under the covers and then crawls back out and keeps her Two front paws on my upper shoulder and 
head on my shoulder and stares at my husband next to me. Oh. Does she keep him away? Between us. Does she keep him away from you? Uh, she won't move. <laughs> yeah, so the answer is yes. How big is she now? How much does she weigh? She, she doesn't weigh too much. She's uh, probably about 10 pounds. She's a real little one. And my male sleeps on my other side, but more towards my hip. What does your old man think of this? He's not happy. Yeah. The thing I no. noticed with the cats is it's really ruined my spontaneity, if you know well, what I mean. Well, we have cats, too, and we have a lock on our bedroom door because my one cat opens the door with opens the door handle. Oh, wow. So yeah. you don't let the cats on the bed, though? Well, I do if the dogs aren't going to chase them. But it's usually a chase game. So at night, my cats are up at night roaming. They think that they're catching things, and they're just uh, going after the dog toys and carrying them and screaming while they're carrying them. Yeah, I can't see having your bed as a racetrack. We keep them locked out so we could sleep, and there's no chase games going on. Yeah, okay. Well, I feel for your husband there. But you know what? We've always slept with our animals, but it's not been where they have slept in the middle like yeah, my female does. I mean, we, we used to sleep with our Dobie between us. So they would much rather have your husband out of the bed, is basically no, what you're saying, correct? No, not really, but um, <laughs> I'm not going to move my pug. <laughs> or is she going to move? Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Thank you for your well, call. It was nice uh, hearing your um, radio show this morning. Is this the first time you've heard it? It is. I'm not usually up as early as I was, I was on my way to my son and daughter-in-law's. She uh, went into labor this morning. Oh, congratulations. Do we have a baby? No, but it was a false, false oh. alarm, so I um, came back home. Okay. Well, we appreciate... <laughs> but I will be listening to it. You now. can also catch the podcast after it airs nationally. There's there's a couple of ways. I'll encourage you to check out the website at animalradio.com. I will, for sure. Thank you very much oh, thank for you. calling. Boy, nice talking with you. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Two new listeners in one day here. This is amazing. We've been around and we're still getting new listeners every day. This is this is exciting for me. If you're a new listener or if your animal sleeps in the bed with you, we'd love to hear from you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Vinnie Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio with a party animal segment. I saw on the telephone pole at the end of my street the other day a missing pet flyer. We've discussed flyers here in the past. The catch with this one is they had drawn the picture of the cat missing. It was a pencil drawing. Now that one, you're not going to really be able to tell. I, I don't know. 
it didn't look any different than any other millions of cats you see out on the show. Well, you don't see as many these days as stray cats as you did when I was a kid uh, back in the 70s and 80s. But um, it didn't really look any different. Two, it told me that you're drawing the picture of this cat that you never took one of your cat. So how much could you have possibly loved it if you didn't have a picture to photocopy for the flyer now that Smitten's is missing. I'm not even going to get into the whole Smitten's thing. But how much could you have loved Smitten's? Maybe Smitten's ran away, one, because you never took a damn picture of him. And two, because you named him Smitten's. Any pet, party animal, animal radio. Check out animal radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone. Wait, I forget where I am. Animal Radio. Animal Radio. I love that. All right. Hey, this is Paula Poundstone on Animal Radio. Spay and neuter your pets or we're going to be eaten alive. Goodbye, empty calorie lookalike dog treats. And hello, yummy combs. The nutritious treat that cleans dog's teeth between vet visits. Our novel honeycomb-shaped flosses between and around the teeth and gums, where oral disease can start. Yummy combs come in five sizes based on dog weight. Plus, they're 44% protein-rich with 12 wellness ingredients. Teach your dog a new treat. Find Yummy Combs at your local pet store or vet's office. This is an Animal Radio News Update. Trujillo. For years, there has been a lot of controversy about declawing cats. And now the American Veterinary Medical Association has amended its policy to clarify that declawing is a major surgery. It should only be done as a last resort to prevent destructive clawing. But it stopped short of suggesting a ban on it. The new policy does stress the importance of educating cat guardians about normal feline scratching behavior, alternatives to declawing, and there are quite a few, and that declawing is actually the amputation of the first digit of the cat's toes. The AVMA says there may be some situations where declawing might be necessary to keep a cat in the family, pointing out that cats can present a risk of injury or disease to people with compromised skin integrity, such as an elderly person, or someone who might have a compromised immune system. The AVMA says the decision should stay with the cat's guardian with the aid of their vet. Now, kids who grow up with pets are more likely to become vegetarians later on in life. At least that's what a new study done at Bellarmine University in Louisville, Kentucky just found. It discovered that such kids develop deeper empathy toward animals, and that can result in more of a desire to avoid eating meat. In the study, when the participants did eat meat, people who were attached to a pet during childhood tended to justify it by looking the other way, keeping from thinking about the origin of the meat. While those who had much of a less attachment to a pet as a child more often justified the meal in a direct and unapologetic way, saying that humans are supposed to eat meat. There has been a lot of talk, and we've been doing some of it, lately about how to memorialize our pets after they pass. Well, now there's a company in Houston... It already sends people's remains into space. It's now offering to do the same for pets. Celestis says rockets carrying the cremated remains of dogs and cats will start this fall. The price will be about the same as it is for humans, starting at $995. So if you want your pet's remains to orbit the Earth or go into the ether, now apparently you'll be able to do it. I wonder how you know if, if your pet's um, ashes actually orbit the Earth. Really? They can like, just like, be like, 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 What kind of guarantee do you get? 
Yeah. Well, this is the same company that sent Gene Roddenberry of Star Trek fame out there, so I guess they're reputable. Okay. I mean, That's as right. reputable as it can be, <laughs> sending ashes out into space. So you're right, nobody will know, but they, they've got quite a history. Okay. I'm Tammy Trujillo. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. It's Animal Radio. Don't forget, you can download the Animal Radio app for Android and your iPhone. It's a free download. Ask your questions directly from the app. Dr. Marty Becker, how are you doing today? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, I was listening to discussion about treating fleas, and Uh-oh. I swear, if you've, been a bad, if you've been a bad girl or a bad boy as a vet, probably the last conversation you have before you you have the final grace and say goodbye will either be on a cat litter box issue or or getting rid of fleas. Oh my gosh. You know, I've been a veterinarian for 35 years and it's so much of it is the same discussions of trying to educate people. But 35 years ago, it was literally chemical warfare. I mean, it was these nasty dips and sprays and powders and collars and stuff. And now it if people will just talk to their veterinarian, there's several really good solutions out there, and they just have to be diligent. That's uh, yeah. the key. Yes, you can't yeah. give up, and uh, you can't like just treat the animal and not treat the house, for instance. Yeah. And you can't right. do it just once, either. Yeah, yeah and then, pe- then people think, well, I'll stop now. It's expensive. I'll split the dose, or I'll try this dog product on the cat, or I'll try a horse product on something. Just crazy stuff. And, and you can't. You've got to use the you know, lifetime parasite control for all pets that's internal and external parasites and if you're you know really diligent in using these new products uh, you know you won't have those kind of problems and and the other thing I was thinking about people that think they know what's wrong with these pets skin you know the number one reason people take pets to the vet is skin problems and flea allergy dermatitis like explained is very common in some parts of the country but you're hearing about giving a steroid shot, and, and veterinarians now have some really unique solutions for skin problems that we didn't even have last year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's a product called Apoquil that's, I just, I think every day, I, I use it on one of my own dogs, and I just look up and say, thank you, God, for letting us create this product, because I had a pit bull that suffered from skin problems, and we'd get it. We, you know, she'd scratch and she'd break the skin barrier and you get the, the secondary bacterial infection and here comes the yeast and we'd treat her and bathe her and get her all over it and then it'd start again. And since she's been on a Pockwell, she's never scratched a day after that and she's never punctured the skin barrier, no more skin problems, nothing. All right. Wow. Now, we, we got to say, Marty, though, that drug is very hard to get. Is it? Um, what is it? Get it. It's well, very hard to get. That's yeah. the problem is, is they had a two-year supply it's called Apocal, A-P-O-Q-U-E-L. Uh-huh. And they had a two-year supply that was gone in two weeks. Oh, wow. Jeez. The first two weeks it was out. So she, that's good that you mentioned mm-hmm. that because they, what they, they, I have to admire the company, though. It was unexpected, the demand for the product. And they didn't want pets that already had relief to not you know, put all these pets on it and not have enough to supply the pets that were on it so they'd have to go back to suffering again. So... Mm-hmm. The people that, that aren't at the front of the line with a pet are going to have to wait till later this uh, year when the supply will catch up. What do they make it out of that there's such short supply? There's one plant in uh, Indiana that makes it, and that's it. And it has to be sent over to, to Italy to be packaged. It's just a very 
it's a very simple but very difficult to make if it makes sense it's it's a very unique product that's going to probably be the first 200 or 300 million dollar product ever in veterinary medicine wow okay well we'll keep our eyes out on that for sure I certainly didn't know there was more than one type of flea. I thought fleas were fleas, and here there were cat fleas and dog fleas. <laughs> I have learned something. Different That's, varieties. Now, what about the ones that are in the flea circuses? Are those cat fleas or dog fleas? Uh, do they have better memory, better you know, training? I'm not sure, but I would I would say the cat fleas are so plentiful, they'd be uh, easiest to provide. Okay. Yeah, but I think a dog flea would be easier to train. Yeah, well, they've been hanging out with the dog. <laughs> First of all, where I live in northern Idaho, listen to this. We don't have fleas or ticks, so huh? not, only, not only do we not have to worry about it, for wow. our pet, pets, but the people. Well, how do you practice? What do you do? You know, I don't have <laughs> yeah, what do you do? your ticks. But I, I want to give you some some tips that I've learned over the years through personal experience or in, in writing twenty four books. And let's start with dental care. Literally, nobody is going to brush your pet's teeth. It, you should. That's the ideal thing. My wife does it, but she's a freak. She even gl- flosses their teeth about four times a year. That's so, weird. Yeah. That's weird. So outside of my wife, uh, you know, there's less than 1% brush their teeth. So you need to use some kind of daily oral care that's typically in the form of an edible toothbrush. And by that, I'll tell you my three favorites. Uh, one is Greenies. And Greenies, people, most people know about them. Uh, they have the Veterinary Oral Health Care Seal of Approval, which isn't easy to get. They're a little pricey and the dogs consume them very quickly. So that's probably not my favorite. Number two, Milkbone has a new dental chew out that it too got the Veterinary Oral Health Care Seal of Approval. So not the old Milkbones I bought as a kid, you know, the multi multicolored little biscuit, but this is actually a a very well-engineered dental chew. And the third thing, the one I personally use and I recommend to clients is called a CET Hextra Chew. And it's it's an enzyme-impregnated rawhide. So the rawhide has chlorhexidine in it. It's very palatable. In fact, one of the clinics I work at part-time, we use it as a treat. And you can get it from your veterinarian or you can get it online. It's by a company called Verbac, which is the number one company for dental products in in veterinary medicine. Mm, okay. I know that uh, Ladybug does uh, just like a regular old Purina bone, and it keeps her Yeah, teeth. busy bone. Busy bone, and it, it, it does the trick. They used to say dry food kept teeth cleaner than, than canned food, and that's not true. Oh. Uh, we, we now know that dry food and canned food are the same. The, the semi-moist, the, those kind of semi-moist foods, those do have higher levels of periodontal disease because it's kind of a sticky, yeah. it's sticky, sticky sweet. But there is no difference between dry and canned food, which I used to say that for years it helped, and now we know it doesn't. So j- just some kind of daily uh, oral care that's, a, that's a, a form of an edible toothbrush, I call it. And if you do that, you're going to, to be dramatically increase the time between professional cleanings. Uh, as far as, as reducing shedding, there's two products I really like. One is when you bathe your dog, and we've talked on here before about the importance of bathing your dogs much more frequently than you did at the past. You not only flush these allergy triggers off to prevent or reduce uh, what we call environmental allergies, but also all that hair that's genetically triggered to fall out that week will end up <laughs> Uh, you know, in the tub, in the steel wool you have on the drain and not all over you. Uh-huh. So there's a product called Zoom Groom. It's made by the Kong Company. And it's, a, it's something you hold in your hand. It has these rubber fingers that go down and get really deep. So it takes those medicated shampoos or just a cleansing shampoo deep to the skin. And it also works out that 
you'll end up with just a mat of hair on it that you pull out and you think, oh gosh, thank gosh it's in the trash now and not uh, not around the house. And then of course the old standby, the Furminator, yep. which I love that Can you product. over-ferminate an animal? Yes. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you can because you're you're stripping it down with that razor blade and sometimes people are too aggressive with it. It'll actually irritate the skin. Mm. And you got to be careful on sensitive areas, you know. I know enough of my dogs where you find the places where the fold and the groin in certain places got to be really careful there but those are those are my top two tips there and if you get if you ever get hair down on the carpet or the carpet or the upholstery and you can't get it up if you take a balloon and and rub a balloon over it it'll make that hair stick up and you can either use a pet hair pickup or a vacuum cleaner and it'll come right out <laughs> that's a clever idea Good stuff. I love it. Dr. Marty Becker, the website. Where is the website? Are we going to uh, Pet Connection? What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go to go to drmartybecker.com is the best one for okay. now. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 12th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66 along with media sponsor Animal Radio and car sponsor Legends Car and Van Rental with companion sponsor Zymox, advocate sponsor Brutus Bone Broth, camping sponsor KOA, and community sponsor Hands On Gloves. The tour travels down America's favorite highway, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events and to raise money. In the first 11 years, the tour has helped to place over 14,000 pets into new forever homes. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to see where the tour stops near you and come out for a safe, fun way to support your local shelter. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. This is Animal Radio. With us now, TV critic for the Boston Globe, Matthew Gilbert, is joining us. Hi, Matt. How are you doing? Do you mind if I call you Matt? No, not at all. You're the kind of guy that uh, you, you really didn't like dogs. You were, you were actually afraid of dogs, weren't you? I was terrified of dogs. Um, you know, I grew up in a home uh, where we never had a dog. Uh, my mother was also afraid of dogs. Um, and so if I saw a dog, it, it just... It seemed so mysterious and unpredictable, and um, I thought they were dirty, too. If I touched a dog sure. accidentally, I, my hand would buzz until I could wash it. <laughs> <laughs> and this happened up until your 40s? or <laughs> I would say yes, until really? my early 40s. Yes, absolutely. Wow. What actually changed you? Well, I think, it, you know, some people find a dog and um, they fall in love with the dog, and then they, that kind of becomes their bridge to falling in love with another person. For me, it happened the other way around. I met a person um, who is now my husband, and uh, I fell in love, and he's a dog person. Uh-oh. And, yeah, and um, I had to kind of loosen up, and, and gradually um, I relaxed around dogs because I was constantly having to be around them. Uh, I began to f- trust them and reached a point where I couldn't imagine living without a dog. And I mean, I just told you that when I touched a dog, I couldn't wait to wash my hands. Now, I mean, I kiss my dog, Toby, <laughs> on the mouth. I, you know, I can't get enough of touching him. I, I feel very drawn to him in a tactile way. Now, you way. did see where Toby was cleaning an hour before he kissed you uh, on the mouth, right? <laughs> we blocked those things out. Yeah. You got a lot of making up to do. But what happened was I, I got this, you know, so we finally got this dog, Toby, and even though I'm a TV critic and kind of the sort of person who spends most of my time in front of the TV or just with my husband or one or two friends, 
Uh, Toby wasn't having that. He had to get out. He had to play. Sure. He's an extremely social dog. I found him pulling me to the dog park, and it became ultimately a great experience for me. Well, now, did that take away from your work? I mean, if, if watching TV is your job, by the way, great gig if you can TV critic and <laughs> oh, get paid for bad. it. But uh, did that take you away from your job? Did you find that uh, it was, you see, for me, I have distractions from work also, and I'm just wondering how this affected you. <laughs> well, it depends whether or not my bosses are listening. Okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I don't think it did take away from my work time because I would come back from the park, and I still do. I come back from the park refreshed. You know, sometimes I'm sitting in front of my TV or my computer, and I'm not really being productive. The best thing that I can do is to leave and come back yes. you know, re-energized. And the park is a great place to do that. Yeah, It's great. The dogs get you out from behind the TV, yeah. which is... And you know what? They have this new dog TV where the, have you seen this on direct TV? They have dog TV. That's my biggest fear is that me and the dog will be sitting in front of the couch, couch all day, TV all day. <laughs> now I'm a big people watcher. There's got to be a lot of people to watch at a dog park. I can imagine. Yes. You get oh, yes. all different types. Oh, tell us about some of the crazy people there. <laughs> oh, crazies? No. Dog people who are crazy? What do you mean? Um, it's, one of the things that I love about the culture or the subculture of the dog park is that it brings in people of all ages, all different walks of life. Um, and uh, so you find yourself talking to and rubbing elbows with people that you might normally never meet. You know, there are people and, and some of my, I think my favorite dog park type is the person who loves to talk. You know, the person who, because they're in this semi-anonymous place and they're among these dogs who are having such a good time, they feel like they can just tell you everything about themselves. You know, I'm a sort of listener. I love listening to people's stories. So, you know, there are these people, it's like, I call it dam burstage. I mean, you're standing there and they're telling you their entire <laughs> life story, even though you don't know their names. It's very eccentric and very sweet. Uh, so I love that. Which is another thing. You notice you never know their names. You know their dogs' names, but exactly. you never know their names. Yes. Exactly. Which can be awkward. You know, you know what's funny at the dog park that I noticed? The what? crazier the person is, yeah. the probably the better pet owner or, or pet parent they are. Really? They love their pets more. That, that's what I've noticed. The more crazier they are. And I'm saying crazy. I'm just talking about the ones you look at and say, that one's a nut. But um, usually they, they make better, the, the best um, pet owners. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Um, I, some of the people that you meet and you think, this person is crazy and I better not make eye contact. And before you know it, you're, you're touched by them because you can see how much they love dogs and, and what, what a good dog owner they are. And it's, you know, it really is a nice common ground that you have. with. You know, almost. when you mentioned common ground, you know, an incident that happened to me one time, I was out with my dog, a little tiny dog, and this man was approaching me and he had tattoos on his face and the tire, he was definitely in a gang. And I was there by myself and I was a little frightened and I kind of held my purse close and held my dog close and he, he was coming right towards me. And the guy gets close, gets down on his knees and starts talking baby talk to my dog and tells me about a dog that he had when he was younger that looked just like my dog. And when, like you say, he opened up and it was like we knew each other forever. Oh, I love that story. By the way, if you go to the dog park 
and you don't see any crazy people, you're the crazy person. <laughs> just to let you. <laughs> well, now tell me, the book is, and we barely mentioned the book, it's called <laughs> Off the Leash, and it's about, obviously, your trips to the dog park? It's about my trips to the dog park. It's about everything that we've been talking about. Okay. You know, it's about my transformation from um, a more or less introvert to a more outgoing and social person thanks to my dog and the dog park. It's called Off the Leash. The author is TV critic for the Boston Globe, Matthew Gilbert. Thank you so much for hanging with us today. Kind of fun. Oh my God, this was delightful. Thank you. Have yourself a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.